Hey guys, Derek here from Suck It. We'll get started here in just a second, but first, a few messages from our sponsors. All right, so we're going to hit our intro music here in a second, but I just want to go ahead and call out that for some reason tonight, my audio fucking sucks. I'm not sure what happened. I'm not sure if my you know, my microphone was not plugged into the USB 3.0 or my microphone was positioned badly or whatever the case might be, but my microphone and my audio suck tonight. So I do apologize up front. We will have that fixed on Wednesday. So enjoy the interview. Enjoy the show. Either way, thanks for listening. And uh, I appreciate you not giving me shit for having bad audio tonight on my end. Cat sounds great and Lisa sounds great, but I sound like shit. So either way. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, for the thousands of attendants and for the millions watching at home, DCK Productions proudly brings to you the greatest podcast in the world! The greatest podcast in the world? Suck it. No, you suck it. No, you suck it. No, you suck it. No, you suck it. I appreciate it if you both suck it. Suck it! Welcome, everybody, to Suck It Podcast, where we tell you to suck it if you tell us to suck it up. I, of course, am the awesome Derek, and I'm, of course, am joined, as always, by my beautiful co-host, Kat. How are you tonight? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well. You don't sound wonderful. You sound... Yeah, I don't feel wonderful, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. No, it's all right. I was doing great, and, like, I went on a walk, you know, my my three miles and, and plus some. Um, I went to the grocery store and came back, and then, like, at 3 o'clock this afternoon, my stomach was just like, nope, you're done. You're not getting anything done for the rest of the day. You get to lay in bed, and I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> So, you, so did you leave, you got your walk in though? Yeah, I did. I got that in before I got sick, but yeah. Uh, so what do you think did it then? Pfft, heck if I meant no, man. You got the Rona. I, it's probably. You, you went outside, got your walk in and somebody gave you the Rona in that time period. Mm-hmm. Yep. Probably it. And, and you're going to virtually give me, um, you know, the Rona, you know, from your side of town to mine through the microphone and my headset and stuff like that yeah it's i'm gonna cough on my microphone and it's gonna like through osmosis come directly to you (laughs) you know that's just not cool (laughs) you know if i have to suffer you have to suffer too (laughs) Uh, fuck um so how was your weekend um it was good uh it was boring so, you know, no news is good news. I do, however, my mother is going to come this weekend and watch my kids for me while my husband and I go watch TV shows in a hotel for a night. So I'm super excited for that and order like Uber Eats. Ooh. You know, it's his birthday. that's cool. Um, you know what I got going on? What's that? My in-laws are actually offering to take a Izzy for the rest of the summer 
three months. No way. Yes. What would you way. do with all that time? <laughs> Lots of sex. <laughs> nakey, nakey time. Right? <laughs> Just come home and drop strip naked. <laughs> Just come home, drop trowel right there. Fuck right? it. <laughs> Um, no, that in all serious, like the next week or two that we're talking about sending her down to Florida for until August. That's fantabulous. It is, isn't it? Yeah, that's crazy. It is. If I let my kids go with like my mom and my sister who live in Missouri all the time, mm. if I let them go over there for that long, they probably wouldn't come back. <laughs> it would be like kidnapped and full of sugar and just it would be a, a fight to get them back because like they, whenever they go to spend some time over there because I usually let them go for like a week two tops mm. but like, whenever they do that they're every single time they're like I don't want to leave like they give us sugar whenever we want and like let us stay up as late as we want and you know we get to do whatever we want I don't want to leave I'm like cool but like real life so no you have to come home now and yeah. in fact like it's fun to say I, I i i want some time away but like i'd miss them deeply <laughs> oh i mean so would i i mean leave don't get me, me like that <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong i mean but the thing about it is you know we've gotten kind of accustomed to this oh, um, yeah. because I mean, we've lived up here now for four years um right. We're going, you know, we're just starting our fifth year up here. And, yeah. you know, we've kind of done this every year to where we yeah. send them down there for the summer. Um, and then her parents come up here for like the holidays and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, but this will be a little bit longer than normal, about a month longer than normal. Mm. Um, but that's kind of becoming the norm, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. we do get that time every summer together. And, you know, Chris will probably, you know, Chris will like fly down there for a week and spend time with her parents and then fly back up here and, you know. So mm -hmm. it'll give me a, a free week just to kind of no wife, no kid. Um, so, you know, you know what I'm going to do during that time? No wife and no kid? No wife and no kid. Well, we're, well, they're both gone for that week. Oh, for a week. Yeah. Um, podcast? <laughs> <laughs> lots, of, lots of podcasting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and advertising like, and this and that and website you know, and, you know, doing this uh -huh. and doing that and not have to worry about her. Are you still working You've on that damn podcast? I know, right? <laughs> oh, I've got so much to do. My plate is so full right now. Uh-huh. Between my normal Monday through Friday, nine to five, and then this, it's just like, oh, my brain is scattered. Oh, I bet. But I love it. I'm, I'm enjoying the, you know, the, the busyness of it. Yeah. And can I just say that, you know, you had a nice relaxing weekend. I had a shitty weekend. Why? What happened? So I woke up Saturday morning and mm -hmm. I had the worst headache and Ugh. my neck was on fire. I mean, oh, my, no. so all weekend, yesterday and Saturday, um, I don't know if I pinched a nerve. I don't know if I just slept wrong. But my neck and, you know, how sensitive my neck is, it just, it was, it hurt to mm. no fucking end. Oh, I and I mean, I was popping Tylenol left and right because I can't take any, uh, I can't take like uh, oxycodone or anything like that um, because of the uh, the meds that I'm on for my um, oh. depression and stuff like that. 
Um, oh, wow. Yeah, like the uh, the clonzepam. Yeah. Well, you know, that and Oxy is like instant death. <laughs> yeah. So wow. I, I was popping, uh, you know, just uh, some muscle relaxers and Tylenol all weekend and handfuls of Tylenol. And you know. <laughs> I mean, eventually when I woke up this morning, I was feeling a lot better. I mean, starting to stiffen up again now, but like, like all weekend, it just sucked. I mean, and I just vegged out in bed all day Saturday um, and most of yesterday, Chris and I didn't really get out of bed until like four o'clock. And she was like, all right, you need to force yourself to get up and hopefully, you know, moving around will help. And it didn't, but it did, you know, I got up, I did the dishes and I cooked dinner, um, made fish and chips. So it was fucking badass. Cause I'm badass like that. Um, and, uh, amaze balls. Oh, it was amaze balls. Oh, I can cook me some fish. But anyway, um, you're gonna have to teach me because I cannot for the life of me cook like real fish and I want to so bad because I love fish. But yeah, anyways, well, yeah, there's a there's it's frying the fish is so easy, mm. you know. I mean, yeah, that's my problem. I try to bake it in the oven, I, yeah. No, you can over bake it really easily, but if you fry it, um, mm -hmm. get yourself a big old cast iron, fill it up with oil, and just go to town with some uh, Zatarain's fish fry. Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> shit is so fucking good. But anyway, <laughs> I'll try that. <laughs> yeah, back to uh, the story at hand. So yeah, I mean, I, I when I went to bed last night, I was still kind of in pain. Um, mm. I ended up sleeping with my neck brace on, my soft neck brace on, and mm. uh, I woke up this morning feeling a little bit better. And then I worked today and didn't really feel much. And then I got home, and now that I'm stagnant, just kind of sitting here, you know, in my studio, talking to you, and you know talking to Lisa and everything else like that. So it's like, you know, I'm kind of starting to get feel it again, but at the same time I'm not. So it's like, it, it just sucks. I mean, that's the one downside of, you know, all the surgeries I've had is, mm. you know, especially now, you know, I don't think I can have another surgery. There's no other surgery for me to have, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only other thing they could do is if it like it didn't heal right, maybe go in there and put another cage in. But at the same right. time, if it's, if it healed wrong, they're gonna have to remove more bone and then they can't even do that. And then I, I don't even want to think about it. Um, right. it, it it's, yeah, it's just one of those situations where it's just like, you know, okay, grin and bear it. Maybe I can just stretch it out. Maybe I just, it just tweaked it wrong. You know, whatever the case might be, I just got to, you know, suck it up. <laughs> in, this, in this situation, I do kind of have to suck it up because I don't know, you know, what else I could possibly do. I mean, if it's, if it continues and it, it happens more often, um, you know, I'm going to change my pillow this week. I'm going to buy a, an orthotic, you know, contoured neck pillow, memory foam, you know, stuff like that. Right now I use a, one of those, my pillows, which kind of works, but at the same time it goes flat too easily. And you know, that motherfucker, I want to say something to that motherfucker, you know, that guy gets on fucking TV talking right. about how, you know, my pillow is the best fucking pillow you'll ever fucking own. And you'll mm. never go flat and blah, 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 blah. You know, motherfucker, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> I've had it for less than a year and it's already starting to go flat. I, you know, he says, we'll put it in the dryer and you can wash it and it'll fluff back up. No, it doesn't. It doesn't fluff back to normal. Fuck mm. you, my pillow. Right. <laughs> God damn. No, they're never going to be a sponsor. Yep. Yeah. Fuck that shit. And, and, <laughs> and then this motherfucker comes out with, you know, now he has a book out from crack addict to CEO, you know, <clears throat> You must have come up with that fucking pillow idea while you were on crack because it sucks. <laughs> Dang. All right. Making enemies today. <laughs> 
I am the king of controversy. Toss it. <laughs> I am I am taking that 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 uh you know that crown away from that sixty five year old um Afro man known as Howard Stern. I'm taking the, that that we're taking that. I want to be the king of controversy. Okay, good to know. <laughs> I love that man to death, and I Eating listen to him today. every day. Yeah, hell yeah. Huh? I love him to death. I, I think he's great. I love Howard Stern. He's fantastic. But you know what? I want to take his King of Controversy title away. All right. You know, I got to. You do that. You know, you do it's, that. it's been two weeks now for you and I, so I figured, you know, might as well let you in on the whole I, whole ordeal. I love causing oh. controversy. Okay. Well, I hope everyone keeps that in mind if they ever hear you say anything that's like just legit batshit crazy so well the whole idea is you know, <laughs> you know well here's the thing so i mean when okay. i say it you know I, i'm wholeheartedly saying it for you know real reasons i i'll never say something fake just for the sake of controversy so okay. like you know um everything i do you know put out there as far as you know that's controversial is something that i truly do believe in because i, I want to make sure that you know, if it ever comes back and, you know, the person that I'm talking shit about or the, the fucking subject matter that I'm talking about comes back and we end up getting a gas store, we start a Twitter war or whatever the case might be, I want to make sure that I'm passionate enough to actually fight that battle. Mm. You know, so like a couple, like uh, the day before you joined, mm -hmm. Christina and I did um, the show, that's the first show that's on there because they're all the episodes of the previous show have been removed. Um, mm -hmm. so the first show that's on there is the Christina and Derek happy hour. And mm -hmm. um, in that episode, I called out this, uh, this vlogger, YouTuber, actress, um, fucking right wing, stupid ass fucking blonde bitch, uh, Nicole <gasps> Arbor. I called I her. I hate her. See, see, I'm not the only Woo! one. I fucking cannot stand <laughs> Nicole Arbor. She is like Damn. the fucking worst human on the fa face of the fucking earth. You know, mm -hmm. she called out fucking parents. You know, attention parents in one of her videos Ugh. a few years ago. It's like, motherfucker, you're not even a fucking parent. Shut the fuck up. Who are right. you to fucking judge? God damn. And then the whole attention fat people thing. Fuck you and your fucking, no, no, fuck you. And then, oh, oh, and then she did, you know, I think it was a year or two ago, maybe three years ago, um, one on mental health talking about how you don't need to be on pills and you know basically the whole tom cruise oh, fucking bullshit. yeah and she was talking about how exercise and thinking positively will help you i was on fucking <laughs> meds for years and all i did was this and this and i felt better well that's you bitch it's not mm. everybody Go yeah fucking suck my knob you fucking <laughs> cock smoking motherfucking okay. bitch face okay i feel you I <laughs> I feel you. I do. Do you? I don't Are you like sure? her either, but I know, but I think, so I don't, I specifically, like when people bring her up, I don't talk about her because I think she's only doing that crap to get more views or listens or whatever the case may be. And so if that's the case, then I'm not going to give you the platform. You can fuck off. You have your platform. You have as many as you need. And I don't want anybody following your ass because you're stupid. Yeah, but the thing about it is, you know, I, I don't want to give her the platform either, but mm. at the same time, it's like I've, you know, I've stood back idly by, you know, and I've talked shit on her fucking Twitter page, and I've talked shit on her Facebook page, and I've talked shit to her on her YouTube page, but she, it's not like she's going to fucking reply. She replies, like, to the first 10 comments, and then she doesn't give a shit anymore. 
you know, right. but now that I have this platform yeah. and now that we're starting to gain traction yeah. and we're getting bigger and bigger every week, uh -huh. I, I wouldn't mind having my first Twitter battle with that fucking, <laughs> I almost said, I almost Amazing, dropped the word. Actually. I would join in. I'm not even going to lie. I would a hundred percent. If, if, if Nicole Arbor ever tweets you back, you better send me a screenshot immediately. Cause I'm. We're going to have all the people. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. You know, she can, like I said, she can, you know, she's one of those people. And here's what pisses me off, you know, mm. kind of too about the whole situation. You know, she's that fucking blonde cheerleader stereotype. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking, you know what I'm talking about? The ones that are so oh, yeah. fucking beautiful. The one that everybody hates. But yeah, but they're so beautiful. Mm. They have like that quote unquote perfect life and all this other bullshit. But yet they feel the need to talk shit about everybody else. So that yep. all the beauty that they have on the outside completely mm. is negated by the fucking ugliness on the inside. Her fucking black hearted fucking twat, whatever. I'm running out of fucking things to call her again. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I can't mm -hmm. fucking stand her. I can't. And, you know, I can't. Uh, oh, I feel you know. I do. Oh, 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 you know what? And here's, here's, oh, oh, here we go. So here's, so back a while back on one of the deleted episodes, we'll call them the lost episodes from now on. So going okay. forward, we'll call the, uh, the original show, the lost episodes mm. on one of the lost episodes. Um, Christine and I were doing the show together and I talked about the me too movement and I talked about the him too movement. Mm. about how you know the me too movement got skewed um you know into because it was originally supposed to be everybody you know me too it wasn't she too or him too it was me you know i've been right. you know harassed i've been you know sexually assaulted or whatever the case might be me and that mm -hmm. includes him her trans whatever um so right but then eventually it got skewed to where it was just women. And as soon as they fucking, you know, accused a man, that man got fired, got, you know, fucking, it, it, you know, fucking blackballed the whole fucking nine yards before there was even an investigation. And it got way out of control. And then eventually the Him Too movement came out. You know, we're talking about how, well, you know, Me Too movement's now taken over by females, so let's have our own. But then that got skewed and thrown way out of proportion too. So then both things got completely fucked up. And, you know, they both took on a life of their own and what they were never intended to begin with. And um, so that was kind of the, the point of that show, how, you know, the Me Too movement needed to happen. The Him Too movement needed to happen. But at the same time, the Him Too movement should have never happened because if the Me Too movement would have stuck around for its original purpose, it would have included both men and men and women. But it, it, right. it didn't. It ended up getting completely skewed. And I just don't think it was handled properly. But so. I think, though, that the reason that that happened is because men were far less likely to come out and say that than women are. And I think that's the reason. Because I saw an interview with Terry Crews, right, who came out and said, yeah, me too. And he had a whole interview about it. And he did phenomenally. Um, but I mean, still, nobody else, even when... Even when that stuff happened with Johnny Depp and was it Amber Heard? Is that her name? Yeah. And then even Chris Hardwick, you know, both yeah. people who got, yeah. Right. I mean, like all the, these things are happening to guys, but even, even like there is, <laughs> you cannot deny that the, 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 
uh, the audio clips that Amber, you know, was talking to Johnny Depp. Yeah. You can't deny that she is clearly an abuser. Correct. No, but there's no possible way. You cannot come up with an argument that tells me or, or will convince me that she is anything but. But he's still, even to this day, he's still not out there talking about it. He's he doesn't still, want to. Yeah, which I completely understand. And I 100% respect that. Yeah. But and and, and he's been in the limelight too much. So now it's like you know now that she's yeah. you know been basically debunked about her right. accusations, and now he if he comes out saying yes she did this. What's the point? You know he already we already know that she he she did that to him. And yeah. you know, like I said, that was the that was my biggest point of that you know that lost yeah. episode was the fact that you know as soon as a man made an, like, you know, a woman made an accusation, the man got blackballed, got, you know, put on suspension, was fired, mm -hmm. whatever the case might be, whether it was real or fake, it was automatic. He was, he was blacklisted right away. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, but there were like the truths in it, like that fucking douchebag, Matt Lauer and, you know, mm -hmm. all the other fucking assholes that got, you know, accused Bill Cosby, blah, 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 you know, all right. them fuckers that deserved everything they got. But like, you know, the Johnny Depp's and the uh, Chris Hardwick's and all the ones that were proven innocent, you know, um, you know, still haven't gotten away from that stigma. You know, I mean, Disney immediately took everything away from Johnny Depp. You know, AMC took everything away from fucking Chris Hardwick and, know. you know, Nerdist kicked him off. You know, he created that company. That was his company. And Nerdist immediately said, fuck you, you're gone. And then he had to create ID10T and all this other stuff, you know, and it was just so fucked up. But mm -hmm. um. But then, like I said, you know, so there's, there's a whole point to this conversation. But then a couple weeks ago, the day, I think the day before, um, I ranted with Christina about, you know, like I said, that, you know, the Christina and Derek happy hour. Um, mm -hmm. Nicole Arbor was, had created a Snapchat or, you know, Facebook or uh, Instagram filter. I can't remember which one, but she created a filter, okay, mm -hmm. called the Joe Biden um, abuser filter. So basically, it was that picture of Joe Biden. I guess he's smelling somebody's hair, giving somebody a kiss on the cheek, or whatever the case might be. But he's behind the person. So mm -hmm. she created this fucking, you know, filter where you put, she puts Joe behind behind you, and it looks like he's constantly, you know, sniffing your hair or whatever. And no matter where you go, Joe follows you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, there's some accusations against Joe Biden. Are they real? We don't fucking know yet. Mm-hmm. You know, has he been tried in a court of law? No. You know, has has he been gotten that far? Has he been even indicted? indicted? No. But yet we have bitches like this on the fucking, you know, it, it's, it's fucking sad that even after everything that we've learned in the last few years that Me Too happened, this is still going on and it's not mm -hmm. fucking fair. You know, and I, and I hate to say that men are getting the short end of the stick and men, you know, whatever, because, you know, men for the longest time, and I'll agree to this 100%, men for the longest time, you know, abused women and got away with it. Men for the longest time controlled women and got away with it because that mm -hmm. was the norm. And I mm -hmm. get that. And, you know, so in some, in some ways, some of the ones that are older and try to fucking, you know, like, say, for instance, the Bill Cosby's of the world who lived, came up in that time period where, you know, it was okay i guess you could say with with uh, air it was quotes. generally accepted accepted i don't want to say okay but it yeah. was accepted as the norm to where you can control mm -hmm. women and women had to do what you want and then yeah. they once that once that stereotype changed they tried to, to uh you know bring it back and say oh well women need to bow to her or whatever you know so i get and in some cases to where 
you know, men, women should be like, you know, pissed off at men. I get that. But for every man to immediately be a fucking, you know, his world shattered mm-hmm. just because of one simple allegation without, wow. you know, it, it was completely un. Uh, but then for a man to come out and say anything, you never heard it. You mm-hmm. had Terry Crews stuff, but you didn't hear anything else. You know, I mean, there were, how many men can you remember came out during that time period? There's none that top up this, that came up to the top of my head. Yes, you said Terry Crews, but the only reason I remember that is because you mentioned it. But right. other than that, I don't remember any men coming mm-hmm. out. Exactly. But you remember well, all the women that did. Well, uh, I don't remember all the women that did because, like, to be fair, it was a lot. <laughs> well, okay, let me say that. You remember <laughs> at least one or two, but you don't remember any of the men. Right. So, well, uh, I'm a really bad example. Don't use me because I don't remember people's names. <laughs> but you see my point, though. You see my point, though. I understand what you're trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> whether you remember, the majority of the yes. people remember. Sure. Um, yeah. People yeah. who like follow things like that, I'm certain that they remember. I just don't. I I know Terry Crews just because. Um, I mean, I just remember Terry Crews because I was I was so happy. Um, that he came out and said that yeah. uh, because I thought that it would open the floodgates, you know, like when the Me Too movement started, it started with one and then like a couple more came out and then like a couple more and it's like a trickle, you know? And so I thought that that would like open the floodgates and, and make other men because Terry Crews, he's like manly man. Like there's no, there's no, you know, I mean, he's, um, He's very well known for his male figure. And so I thought that with him coming out and saying all that, that it would, it would make other men feel more comfortable saying things like that. But I don't know if it just didn't happen. I mean, I know that, you know, statistically speaking, men are less likely to be in situations like that than women are um, or put in situations like that or whatever. But so maybe it just didn't happen. I don't know. But um but the great thing about Terry Crews is not only is he that manly man, but mm-hmm. he's also one of the, in my opinion, one of few, you know, manly men that have gone out there and debunked that male stereotype. You know, yes. look at, take, let's take an example of um, a couple of things that he's done. You know, say for instance, um, uh, white chicks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Him singing yes. that fucking song in the car. Oh man! You know, um, it, you know, it, it debunked you know a lot of different things. You know, you know, um, I can't remember the name of those. Who, Michelle Branch or was that the name of this? I think that was who it was. But um, he was singing that song, um, and then uh, you know, on Brooklyn Nine Nine, he's still that sensitive guy. He's a bulky guy, but he's still that sensitive guy, and you know he's debunked a lot of stereotypes because he's willing to do those kinds of things because that's the real that's a real man right there a mm-hmm. real man is someone who's not afraid to cry a real man is someone who's not afraid to step up and say something a real man you know steps up and you know takes care of his family takes care of his kids you know a real man does all those things that terry cruz does and i i admire the fuck out of terry cruz that guy is a fucking awesome 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 guy 
So mm-hmm. a bow down to Terry. You know, that's all I got to yeah. say about that. I wish Vin Diesel, because Vin Diesel is another like dude that I, I, I wish he would do more vulnerable roles like that because he's been in like all the Fast and Furious and I love Vin Diesel. I do. I do so much and I respect him as an actor and like just everything that he does. I just, I wish that, well, and I guess technically he did because he did Tooth Fairy. So, I mean, I guess you can say he did. That was pretty funny. He did Tooth Fairy and then he also did that other Disney movie. Um mm. With the girl, um, the well, no, he was, one, right? he was a, no, not was it? Yeah, nope. there was a girl, but there was kids. He was protecting the kids. Um, he was an FBI agent who went under the cover as a babysitter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's called Babysitter or something. Is it like Babysitter that. or something like that? I don't remember. But don't either know. way, I mean, he's done some of those roles, but he doesn't yeah. have done half as much as what Terry Crews has. No, yeah, I I definitely think more male roles should be about being vulnerable. Actually. Um, you know, in movies and things like that. For a long time, like recently, they've been working on building up female roles and making them to be stronger in that sense. But I think that we should equally go back and be like, okay, well, what about men? Men should play more vulnerable roles, like more often. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah. Oh, I definitely agree. Huh? I said, I definitely agree. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way. Uh, I forgot to tell you, I watched the first episode of Dead to Me that you suggested. Oh, so what did you think? I went freaking nuts at the end. I was like, no, no. You did not expect that, did you? <laughs> no, not at all. Oh. I don't anybody, but everybody should go watch it and just watch the first episode. If you watch the first episode and you don't like it and it's not your thing, I totally feel you because for some people it's not. Whenever that happened, I was like, crap, I wasn't trying to watch nothing like this, but now I'm addicted and I, and I can't yeah, stop. Yeah, that last 10 seconds of that first yeah. episode, wowie, wow, wow. But yeah. let me tell you what, if you've only seen the first episode, let me just tell you what, it ain't over, honey. <laughs> <laughs> it gets worse from here. Oh God. oh, God. And then the second season, even, even, oh, even, it gets even crazier. So, even more? Oh, yeah. I was honestly kind of hoping that that one girl would sleep with the guy that she sold this house. That would, that would have made me a little bit happier. I'm not going to lie. Why? Because, because of who he was to her. And like, she wouldn't have known that she was kind of like, it was a, it was a, it was a, you know what I mean? Like a karma thing? Uh, I guess, but I think that would have been too much. No. Yeah, I, I don't know. But regardless, <laughs> I mean, I, I hope you finish the season. And like I said, I oh, hope yeah. you definitely watch season two of it as well. Because let me tell you what, that shit is the bomb. Oh, yeah. I'm totally yeah. going to watch it. Don't worry. Um, but I think, you know, I think it's time for me to do a little plug. And then when we come back from break... It is time to, um, you know, bring on our guest, Um, Lisa Valerie Morgan of The Fash Life. She's also a fashion blogger. Um, Which is, by the Uh, way, spelled F-A-S-H. I had the hardest time trying to figure out what what you guys were saying originally. So you can find her at thefashlifeseries.com. You can also find her on Fash Life Series on uh, YouTube. And then you can find her on Instagram at Lisa V. Morgan. Uh, and, uh, you know, she's pretty awesome. I mean, we've already done the interview and she talks about some great stuff and she's a really, really awesome chick. And I, I can't thank her enough for being, you know, the first guest on the new suck it podcast. Um, so, you know, that's awesome. 
you know, and uh, she was definitely, a, definitely a great guest. And I hope you guys enjoy the interview. She was quite awesome. Um, so I guess when we come back, we will, you know, take care of her. All right, so let me let me do a quick little um, wrap up here of the uh, of this uh, of our lovely sponsor Manscaped, and then uh, we'll bring her on. Yeah. All right, so guys, you know, again, it's getting that time. You know, some places opened up on the fifteenth, some places are waiting, but you know what? It's time for you to stop waiting. Get yourself the lawnmower three Get yourself the perfect package three all from manscaped.com. You know, the lawnmower 3.0 is a revolutionary device that helps, you know, manscape all of your sensitive parts, your chest, your armpits, your arms, you know, your groin, you know, your balls, your taint, and you don't have to worry about nicking anything. No cuts, no blood, no nothing. It's one of the most revolutionary products I have ever used. Yes, I use it so I can talk truthfully about it. It is fan fantastic. It is quite the fucking thing. And when you go to manscaped.com, don't just get yourself the lawnmower 3.0. Pick yourself up the Perfect Package 3.0. Because not only in the Perfect Package 3.0 do you get the lawnmower 3.0, but you also get the ball deodorant, the ball toner to prevent you know, um, ingrown hairs and chafing. You also get a sleek, stylish leather carrying case. And you also get... Um, newspaper cleanup pads, all for $99.99. And when you use promo code SHUTUPCAMERON at checkout, you get 20% off. So that brings it down to 80 bucks. And you know what the cool thing about that is? That's, just, that's the cost of the Lawnmower 3.0 by itself. And yeah, you can go ahead and use your discount on the Lawnmower 3.0 um, by itself and get the, you know 20% off to $79.99. But why waste a good discount when you can get everything for 80 bucks with that promo code so again guys ladies it's a perfect father's day gift but even if they're not a father and they just you guys just have pets you know fur baby daddy get your man the perfect package 3.0 men get yourself the perfect package 3.0 go to go to manscape.com and use promo code shut up cameron at checkout for 20 percent off your balls will thank you Hey guys, we're Tony and Stacy of Mom's Talking Shit Podcast. Are the kids wearing you down? Significant other got you about to catch a case? Then we are here for you. So pour your cup of coffee, glass of wine, or roll up that joint and let us laugh you off that ledge. We're talking all kinds of topics. Everything from mom stories, family meal ideas, some TV, and home projects. We're available on all major platforms, including Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Also find us on our Instagram page at Mom's Talking Shit Podcast. We promise not to disappoint. And welcome back to Suck It Podcast. Um, it is now time for our guest of the evening. So please welcome to the show, Lisa Valerie Morgan. Hey, how are you tonight? Hi, I'm great. How are you guys? Fantastic. So awesome. I just want to 
take a second here and say thank you very much for joining on the, joining us this evening. It's very, very exciting for us. I'm excited to be here. Fantastic. I'm like I said, we're very, very happy to have you. So for yeah, those okay. of you, for those of my audience who don't know you, go ahead and explain who you are, what you do, and uh, where you're at in life. I am an actress and fashion blogger, and I just created a new show called The Fashion Life Series with uh, Rebecca Hugh, who is a filmmaker. And uh, we, our show is basically, we call it SNL Meets Parks and Recreation with bloggers. Um, it's called The Fashion Life Series. And we mainly have a cast of influencers, digital content creators, um, Instagrammers, and we throw in some actors into the mix to you know, bring some comedy into it. So we'll, we have episodes, everything from, you know, two kinds of jeans that every girl needs um, to make her butt look great or um, Korean beauty versus Western beauty. And then some of our episodes are just way over the top, like bloggers and cars with macaroons, where our fictional blogger will bring on a, um, a guest and then they kind of get in the car and talk about all things, fashion, beauty, cars, um, life, parenting, everything. So it's a really fun show. That's awesome. So how did you decide to do that? What made you decide to do that show? I got into the blogging world about like seven years ago, just on a whim. I, um, I had been acting and you, you go out, you'd go to auditions at that point around, it was around like seven, eight years ago. And they ask you how many Twitter followers you had. And I was not even on Twitter at this point. I hated social media. I was reluctantly on Facebook, but that was about it. And so there were these classes that came up and they would teach actors how to be on social media. And so I was, you know, kind of taking that. And this girl that we knew, my husband and I knew, um, she was our trainer actually. And she had this fashion blog and she would just like talk about it nonstop. And I just thought, well, I'm really into fashion. You know, I would get stopped on the street for my outfits on a regular basis. And people would, confuse, you know, I'd go to set and people would be like, are you, are you talent or wardrobe? So I felt very confident that I, you know, was like, fashionable, I guess, but I didn't know, not know anything about blogging or websites or anything. So I just kind of on a whim started a blog and um, thought it would be a great way to be on social media. And then I just really fell in love with it after a couple of years. Um, I didn't really do much with it the first couple of years at all. And then I, I kind of got into it after about two years. And I went to this conference where there were all these amazing stylish you know women a few men and it, it just really made me think why is there no show about bloggers and it was becoming it was starting to become like a really major um thing back you know about five years well a little longer than that but it's it's the industry's just blown up so much and i couldn't believe there was no show about about bloggers so i decided to create one and my producing partner is rebecca hugh who um won project Greenlight's 2016 writing competition and an la emmy award and she's really amazing so she uh, takes a lot of like ideas that I have and just makes them into amazing, um, amazing fun stuff. So we, we just basically like are constantly texting each other and cracking each other up with fun ideas. A lot of stuff that's like come out in my real life that is usually like something that was an epic fail. Like I show up for an event, um, a blogging event that was, I thought at Lemonade Restaurant, but it was you, we were meeting there, but it ended up being on the beach and I was wearing like, you know, Gucci loafers and a Chanel bag and everybody else was in yoga clothes. So that kind of stuff will end up, you know, on the Fashion Life series. So. Right. <laughs> I think we've all had moments like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have too many of them, but. <laughs> <laughs> is, 
isn't it funny though how like the all of the industries seem to be going that way i've even like went to apply for jobs that are like you have to have a certain number of followers in order to apply for this job or whatever and i'm like that is just so every person in the world now has to create content in order to be able to prove their abilities is that how that is now i don't i don't think that's the case per se but depending on what industry you're in i mean i just sold my house and it's like you know, having a presence on social media for a realtor is a really good idea. Um, I, I think it just really depends on the industry, but for most industries, I feel like people are using search engines to find what they need. That's just a fact of life now. So if you're not on social media, especially for people who are, you know, content creators, it's, it's like, how do people find you? You know, and then also if I'm hiring someone I mean, obviously I am in the digital content creating world, but if I'm hiring like a, you know, web designer or, or a, you know, another blogger to be on the show or a filmmaker or um, a social media, you know, person like it, you know, it's the easiest thing to do is just go to their Instagram page, find out what they're about, go to their Facebook page, find out what they're about, you know, and, and yep. see like if their if their content matches what you're trying to create and if the, um, if there's like a synergetic energy there, then it's, it just makes it so easy to, to, you know, find people and, um, you know, find your, find your tribe, I guess. Yeah. No, so, yeah. hundred percent. That's yeah. Makes sense. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I definitely agree with that as well. So, um, how did you, you know, speaking of social media and all this other stuff, so how exactly did you get into blogging to begin with? So I, um, I was, you know, acting and I just, decided that, um, I didn't decide, I should say that I, uh, realized that I needed, I just needed to be on social media. And, um, because of, you know, again, like getting asked how many Twitter followers you have, I mean, Facebook and, and just realizing it was like a necessity. So I just, um, started my blog at my sister-in-law's kitchen table. Um, funny story that again is kind of embarrassing for me i actually started it with my my niece who was 13 at the time um and that's why we called it pretty little shoppers because we were both quite petite and love the show pretty little liars and just i don't mm. know it's just gonna be like a little project again it was just on a whim that i started this so it wasn't gonna right. be like you know a job at this point um and then so we started it at you know my, my sister-in-law's kitchen table in fresno on like christmas day and um, she basically ended up dissing me a few months later for cheerleading. So <laughs> it ended up being my own blog and, um, which worked out great. And it's just led to so many opportunities. I mean, it's, uh, gone to style for magazines and do some celebrity styling and, um, gotten, you know, some amazing press and created a show. We created the show I created actually started as a scripted series. So my degree is in screenwriting and I wrote, a seven episode scripted series about bloggers. And, and then the idea of the show was always, my, my idea was to, that it would be a shoppable show. So you could buy the stuff that the bloggers were wearing and eating and using and all these things. And it just ended up, we shot the pilot presentation for it and people were like, why don't you go to Netflix? And they didn't really get the concept of when we were pitching about this yeah. you know, shoppable show. So we ended up reformatting it and turning it into this Fast Life series, which is like shorter, three to 15 minute episodes. And um, it makes it easier for us to like pop brands in and kind of create content faster mm -hmm. and do things that are more timely. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's smart. So one of the reasons that we brought you on the show and that you wanted to come on was because you're currently working with the DBSA, which is the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance. Um, How do you think that social media kind of plays in with, um, you know, mental health and, and what do you think are the correlations there for you at least? It's so huge. I mean, I have just come off of a really bad time in my life. Um, the last five years were like literally one rock bottom into a rut into another rock bottom. I am, um, mm-hmm. I had been trying to sell my house and it took four years, three months and 23 days. And wow. my husband had some health issues and it was just like one thing after another and, and, and trying to get my show up and running. And that was a lot of, you know, rejections and a lot of like, you know, really having to push forward and, and get, try new ideas all the time. So I, and I have, you know, I have a background, I have a, I have anxiety and depression. I've, you know, I've been suffering through those throughout my life. So I've, I, over the last few years, like developed a lot of tools to help deal with that. Um, and then, but being on social media the whole time, when you are going through like a husband who has cancer or not selling your house and it, it's so hard. I mean, I remember texting a friend and saying, what should I say about this outfit? This is another outfit I'm not wearing because I'm, showing my house this weekend and all I'm doing is cleaning and then we're too tired to go anywhere. And, you know, it, it was, it was kind of like, I felt like it was like living a lie for a while. And I think a lot of people um, who are on social media feel that way. I think that there's mm-hmm. so much pressure to like make everything look amazing and, and, you know, Oh, here's, here's this amazing meal that I cooked and, and you're not seeing, you know, I create recipes on my blog as well. And you're not seeing like the freaking disaster in the kitchen, you're just seeing the finished product most of the time. Right. <laughs> um, and I'm not showing the three times that I tried the recipe before where it didn't come out as perfect or, you know, the outfits that like, you know, I shot and this doesn't happen very often, but occasionally I'll shoot something and be like, what was I thinking? This does not work at all. So mm-hmm. you're not really seeing that. You're just seeing our highlight reel for most people. Right. I think social media is getting a little real, more real right now. I think people are, especially right now with, um, you know, with the quarantine and everything, people mm-hmm. are showing um, their real life. But I, um, I think it's really hard for a lot of people. I think um, I think a lot of people are suffering, and that's why we started this challenge. Actually, just because of the fact that I had I, I started to talk to a few of my influencer friends. You know, when when the quarantine hit, and I some of my friends who have the most fabulous lives that had never had any mental health issues just didn't seem like they were doing well at all. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to create a campaign that would help, you know, promote mental health and, and awareness on, on that subject. Yeah. So, you know, two weeks ago when I received the email from your PR rep, you know, asking for this interview, you know, the first thing that I noticed was the fact that, you know, um, you know, you were doing this for the DBSA and, as soon as I saw that, I immediately said yes. I mean, I didn't care else what else you were. I didn't care who you were. I didn't care anything else about it. Um, but that was like the main reason I brought you on because I do suffer from bipolar disorder. Um, and, you know, I use this show as an outlet. Um, I like to pride ourselves in the fact that we're probably one of the only comedy health, mental health related podcasts out there today. Um, and the reason why we call this the show Suck It is because for so long, people have been telling me and other people with mental health, you know, issues to just suck it up 
well, we don't, that's not how life works. We can't just suck it up and move on. No, I mean, so we, you know, we, we tell them to suck it. You want to tell us to suck it up? You can, you can suck it. Um, and that's why we call it what we do. So, you know, going through the mental health stuff that I've gone through, especially over the last year and a half with two uh, suicide attempts, you know, it's, um, it's, you know, it was one of those things that just really just stuck out to me. And I first off want to say, thank you very much for raising awareness. Um, you know, I, I do it all. I try to do it every day, but I'm, you know, we're still just a small podcast, you know, trying to grow ourselves and, you know, but I hope that one day I can at least touch one person with this, you know, and do the exact same thing that you're doing and reach more people. Um, so for that, I just want to say thanks, you know, thanks a bunch. And, you know, for everything that you're doing for, uh, bipolar depression anxiety and stuff like that that's that's just awesome thank you so much because i think um a lot of people especially with like men you know it's not as there's definitely like a stigma around you know talking about mental health um and it's it's it is I mean, even when i was like really hitting you know rock bottoms it was like you don't want to tell someone well i can't meet with you i can't do this meeting with you today because you know <laughs> i'm just if, if you were, if, if I had a cold I, or if I had a flu or something, I'd be like, oh, I can't, you know, I'm sick or something, but it's different when you, um, when it's a mental health issue. And, um, but DBSA is a great organization. And the reason that we decided to partner with them is because I wanted to, you know, share a resource that people can go to if they, you know, if they're on a budget or they don't have a lot of money or, you know, and they have these great free support groups um, and other resources. So it's just such an amazing place to send people. And our challenge is, you know, it's called the Fashion Life at Home Challenge. And it's just like a fun, um, in, in line with our show, you know, asking people a few questions like, you know, what are you, uh, how are you dealing with, uh, you know, how's your life changed during the quarantine? And, and you know, are you wearing pants right now? And just, it's, it's you know, it's a fun, lighthearted approach, but then, you know, we're asking people to give their self-care tips and then also to share um, the website and the hashtags for DBSA so that people who really are suffering have a place to go and get information about, about mental health. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. I didn't know about it before. Um, yeah. And I know plenty of people who suffer from depression and bipolar. Um, and we've talked about too on the, on the show a couple of times about how for men there is a stigma around it. Um, <clears throat> and they're definitely, you know, they, I mean, Derek, you can speak to it, I'm sure more, more honestly than I can, because yeah. you're there, but I feel like men are told to not just suck it up, but like, you're only allowed to feel a certain way. And I feel like that's so restricting. But on top of that, I mean, obviously, you also feel like you would be judged if you did say anything. Yeah, I mean, I felt like that for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and up until up until the point where I was diagnosed, you know, I fought it for the longest time. I mean, I told my wife for 10 years, you know, there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with me. And she kept telling me, yes, you're, <laughs> there really is. <laughs> and, you know, I fought it every step of the way. And, yeah. you know, now that I, you know, started this podcast and, you know, with you and, you know, and kind of gotten the help that I needed and stuff like that, I have become a huge advocate for mental health, you know, you know, along with people like you, Lisa, and, you know, the breaking the stigma thing. So like my tagline is break the stigma before the stigma breaks you. 
And, you know, and, and I firmly believe that. And that's, you know, to men and women, but I'm, I'm more on the, you know, the side of the men because women, you know, seem to have a better grasp on it. You know, they know when they need help and they're willing to ask for it more often in my opinion. Um, because they're, they're not afraid of that stigma because they've never been told to suck it up. You know, they've always, you know, because there's a certain, there's a different demographic with that. So, you know, but with the men, it's just, it's always been a, that's, it's just always been, you know, hidden, you know, and, you know, for like the longest time, you know, for, here's the big example. When I was first put on pills about two years ago, I told my dad about it. Um, Cause he's the one that actually started this whole um, ordeal. He had a stroke and there was a bunch of other stuff and it just made me eventually just lose it. And I called my dad and I was like, Hey, you know, I just want to let you know that I just got diagnosed with, you know, depression and bipolar. And he's like, Oh, I've been on pills for years. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, how, how come you never told me? Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's just, yeah. go ahead. I, I mean, you know, something happened when a few times to me when I was um, in acting school and I was in the theater company and there were a lot of, there was, I mean, I could think of at least three examples with different um, male classmates and scene partners in my class where you could tell that something was like, you didn't have to be a doctor (laughs) to figure out Mm -hmm. that there's something like wrong, you know, that, that it's like, you know, these guys were probably in their twenties at the time and um, and that there was, or one, I think one was in his thirties, but like that they needed help, you know? And I remember going to, um, and these were people I were, I, you know, I was friendly with, I was in class with, I was doing shows with. And I remember going to a couple of times to some of the teachers who were older and, and theater company members and, and asking, you know, hey, can you go talk to this person? And, you know, they'd say no, and or I'm too busy. And it was weird because some of these people that I asked were already doing a lot of um, volunteer work. Like they go into the, our, our, comp- our theater company had a, a program where they go into the prison and like work with, you know, kids who are incarcerated and teach them Shakespeare. And it's like, okay, but you, can you take like t- 20 minutes and go talk to somebody that's right. like, right, that's suffering, that's right in front of you, you know, and it's one yeah. of your students and you could like really make a difference. And especially like being, you know, a woman and, and I mean, at that point it was you know younger obviously um mm-hmm. but it, it's it's harder i think talking to your girlfriends is a little bit different than talking to your your male friends and and being able to help i think is it's a little it's a little harder i think um although i remember another male friend who was another actor who was older than me um at one point i, I said something about like oh and then my therapist and he's like you're in therapy he's like oh can we talk about this like he really it was such a stigma for him to talk about it. And I think he was actually in therapy at that point himself, but he, he, he had never met anyone who would talk about it, you know? Right. So definitely, you know, letting people have, be able to, you know, share and, and talk about it. It's, it's so important. It's huge. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. And back to something you said, Derek, about, you know, women, like we're allowed to talk about it, but I was never told to necessarily suck it up, but I wasn't either. Yeah, <laughs> or no, like, sorry, I'm sorry. I was. I, I shouldn't say that. I was told to. Oh, you're too sensitive. My whole life. So I. Yes. I was suck it up. But it was like, I exactly. actually have been told to suck it up. I, I take that back. I have been. Yeah, and so, and that's what I was gonna say is that like if we cry or or something like that, we're labeled as too sensitive, or um, what's another one? Um, too emotional or crazy emotional. Crazy. <laughs> like we get asked if we're on our period, you know. Some- <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, 
I'm a human. I have emotions other than when I'm on my period. Can you just not? <laughs> yeah, I can definitely understand that. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's still, it's just, I'm, I'm glad that we're moving in a better direction for sure. And 100%. I think are, which is good. How did you find out, Lisa, that you were, you know, dealing with anxiety and depression and things like that? What was like, what was that like for you? I came from a really dysfunctional family, which um, I'm pretty sure I would say there's, me there's mental health issues on like both sides of my family. So, um, and I do have a grandmother that committed suicide when I was like 10 years old. So um, I started, I, the first, I think I, I was, I had an eating disorder when I was a teenager in my late teens. So I was like, you know, in, in a, a outpatient hospital program for about a month and started, you know, some therapy then. And then um, just like, a, it's been a, it's been a, you know, a lifetime of, learning I think the most helpful thing for me has just been like learning new techniques and getting into like healthier relationships and healthier ways of living mm -hmm. after growing up in such a dysfunctional you know environment mm -hmm. um and a really negative environment so I mean I just remember being in my 20s and like putting those um you know really positive like just um like cds on and and trying to you know change my uh thought patterns and like just all kinds of things that I did to, um, to, you know, develop just tools of being like more positive. And, um, now mm -hmm. I, I have a guided meditation practice that I do and journaling and, um, I do, I try to get some movement in every day and go to yoga, eat a nutrient dense diet. That's like, just, I feel like the gut mind, um, um, you know, uh, connection is so huge. So oh, yeah. I think one of the, one of the most important things I think for, um, dealing with your mental health is dealing with your, your physical health. And, and if you're eating, you know, so much sugar and like, you know, things that aren't healthy for you, processed foods, it's, it's really affects your, your mental health so much. I think more, more so than people are aware. And most, you know, medical doctors don't really tell you that you'd have to go usually to more of like a holistic practitioner mm -hmm. to learn about that. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, just like, a, just having a lot of tools and, you know, being able to reach out to people and, um, and I do have a prescription for Xanax. So that is really important. Um, yeah. yeah. I deal with anxiety too. And I, I didn't, my, my mom actually was the one who told me what was happening was anxiety when I was like 12. Oh, wow. Um, also went through like the eating disorder and things like that. And so, um, yeah, I still have a prescription for anxiety or for uh, Xanax as well that I take. Um, I mean, just whenever I need it, but I, I try really, really super hard. Cause I think we have addiction issues on both sides of my family. And so I write, I try really hard not to take it unless it's like a hundred percent necessary. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I do too, <laughs> although, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely. Well, but, and Derek and I were talking the other day too, kind of about that, how like, um, you know, the way that they used to, to, to give out prescription medication like that um, was a little bit loosey-goosey. And <laughs> now that we know more about it, we're kind of, what was, what was that that you said last time, Derek? Oh, about addiction? Yeah, about addiction and, and the pills. You were so like if in my opinion, you know, in ways that you know, because I've been on, you know, because I've had broke my neck twice, so I've been on lots of you know heavy drugs and you know the Xanax, and now I'm taking Clonazepam and stuff like that. So like 
as far as like the addiction goes, and I was telling this to Kat, and it may not be the same for everybody, but this is just my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. the, where the addiction comes in, if you take it once a day because you know you need it, you're not going to become addicted to it. But if you top it multiple times per day because you think it's not working or you think you need this many or whatever the case might be, then that's when the problem comes into play. I mean, do you feel the same way, Lisa? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely. And what, one thing I actually started doing on a regular basis the last, I think, like two, three months was do, was taking adaptogens. So I I had been into you know, playing around with adaptogens and recipes and stuff like that, but it wasn't anything I did regularly, but now I've been doing this adaptogen coffee mix in the morning and then at night as well, and um, not coffee at night, but it's it's really made such a difference. So I'm, I'm trying to like, just instead of, you know, relying on like a drug, and it's different, obviously, if you have a prescription where you need to take it every day, Xanax is not meant for that. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to like rely on other things to to kind of, you know, calm my moods. And, and again, like practices like my meditation and yoga and healthy diets and just, you know, other, and like going out to nature and things like that to make, um, we're getting a dog when we move too. So I'm so excited about that. Yay. Um, yeah. Nature's a huge one for me. Yeah. yeah actually, I just got a cat for my birthday and oh, congratulations. yeah, my, well, this is like our fourth animal, but like this one's like <laughs> my cat. Um, and my wife has already said, you know, she already sees a huge improvement with that. Um, you know, aside from all the other meds and, you know, my meds finally being right and stuff like that. But as far as like, you know, you know, making sure that the benzos don't, you know, you know, become addicted to you, you know, what I do is uh, usually once every three weeks, um, I take a weekend cleanser and just not take the benzo and just make sure I'm, you know, good to go. And as long as I don't feel shakes or, you know, withdrawals or stuff like that, I know I'm good to go. And like, I just did it this past weekend. Woke up oh, this morning, smart. you know, still just all fine and dandy. I took and I took one no problem, and I haven't had a panic attack. And I, um, I kind of had a slight panic attack this weekend, but nothing too crazy. And you know, so I know that I'm, you know, still okay even after almost two years of being on a benzo. Yeah. That's so, yeah. Um. So let me ask you a question, um, Lisa. If you had, if you had anything to say, to you know the world with people that are either hiding their, you know, um, hiding their mental illness or think that they're sick and they don't want to talk to anybody or on the verge of coming out or on the verge of talking to somebody, but, you know, are scared to, or whatever the case might be, if you had one piece of advice to give anybody in the world in order to help save them from doing something stupid like suicide or something else or cutting or anything else that comes along with it, what would you tell them? Wow, that's a that's a hard one. I I think it's I believe that it's your you know your birthright to be happy, and if you are suffering, then that's not what you're here for, you know. So finding some kind of help, whatever that is, and I think you know it is. I think different things work for different people. Some people, it's you know, it might be you know again like medication every day and therapy and other people it might be just doing something like changing a job or changing a partner you know getting a dog or something like that going out to nature so I think I think it's just finding what that thing is and you know I think we have the internet which is you know again causing some people 
problems because they're on social media, but then again, we have some amazing tools and there's so many people, you know, that you can discover through, you know, Google or, or search engines or, and, and there's so many different like ways to find help, which before, you know, I don't know, like 20 years ago, you'd have to ask somebody or, you know, call a doctor or whatever, but now you can really, you know, search and find different, you know, learn about mental illness or learn about what's wrong with you or, you know, which could be a bad thing too. <laughs> My husband's always like, don't use Dr. Google. Um, Cause that could take you down a rabbit hole. But I think there's so many ways of finding, um, you know, resources to help you. And, and there's so many, I, I think there are more people talking about mental health now. So I think that's another positive thing where someone could like discover your show, for example, and, you know, hear another man talk about, his bipolar disorder and feel like he's not alone, you know? So I think that's really, really important to have those expanders. Yeah, I, I definitely 100% agree with you. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, and there, there is other ways of helping. I mean, hell, I mean, there's now, you know, apps where you can uh, talk to counselors virtually. I mean, there's, mm -hmm. you know, there's teleconferencing, there's this, there's that, there's so many, there's text messaging therapy. I mean, there's so many things out there for everybody today. And, you know, I, I can't, you know, stress it enough that if you are feeling anything at all to ask for help, I mean, there's, you know, we've had, you know, many, you know, cases of, you know, trauma or, you know, tragedy in the last 10 years from people who have mental health disorders that never asked for help. Um, and, you know, you nor I, you know, especially I, because I, you know, I went through it myself, I almost became a statistic and I know I'm better than that. And that's why I'll never do it again, regardless of how bad I am. I know I'm better than that. And so with that being said, it's like, if you, if you feel something, say something, that's all I got to say. Yeah, definitely. Like I said before, you know, break the stigma before the stigma breaks you. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, now that you're not alone out there, there's so many other people that, you know, that are, are going through the same thing that you are, so. Yeah, I, and I appreciate that, and there's a bunch of people that are going through what you are going through, so, you know, you know, we have something in common in that fact, and, and you know, I, and I feel that, and like I said, as soon as I saw that email, I felt that, you know, immediate connection to you, and I was like, oh, I gotta have her on, I just want to talk to her about this, and then, so I'm so glad that you joined us this evening, and I am so thankful that, um, you know, of what you're doing as far as, you know, working with the DBSA and everything, you know, the Fashion Life Challenge and stuff like that. So um, where can uh, people find you at? People can find the challenge and the show at thefashlifeseries.com. If you go to our site, you could watch the show. And also if you want to enter the challenge, I would be so thankful for you, for all you guys listening to take the challenge and support this important cause. But um, you can find all that information at thefashionlifeseries.com and then you know on our homepage there's a link to hit that says challenge um and you could find me at my blog prettylittleshoppers.com and also on instagram at lisa v morgan and our show at the fashion life series on instagram as well so well again lisa thank you so much for taking time out of your well your afternoon it's 3 30 in your area um so i just want to say thank you so much again for taking time out of your day to talk to us and to talk to our listeners about you know mental health and you know what you're what you're doing out there and again i can't appreciate i can't i can't say thank you enough so i just want to appreciate you again for everything that you're doing and say uh again say thank you 
Thank you for what you're doing. I, I love this. This is so important. It is. And we're going to continue to do it. And hopefully, you know, one day we'll be uh, making a big impact. And so just a little one that we're making now. Uh, definitely. Well, again, I thank you so much again, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and uh, we will talk to hopefully again soon. Thanks. Have thank a you. Great day, Lisa. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. What an amazing interview that we had with Lisa. I mean, I, am I right on that? Oh yeah. She is so sweet. And I love talking to her. I want to interview her for the teachable soul too. Yeah, I definitely think we should because we could talk about some other things and kind of get more yeah. in depth. Um, but she is she's an amazing human being. I mean, the things that she's doing for the DBSA and the things that she's just doing in general are amazing. And she's she's quite the character. And I thoroughly enjoyed our interview. I mean, what about how do you feel? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And her fast show, too. It's super funny. I love what they're doing with that. That's great. Yeah. So, again, you guys can find her at the fast lifeseries.com or on YouTube, the Fast Life Series, or you can find her at Lisa V. Morgan at Instagram. Um, again, she is phenomenal and I can't wait to talk to her again because the things that she's doing for mental health right now during the Mental Health Awareness Month is just phenomenal. So I, I can't thank her enough for coming on the show tonight. Yeah, me too. Thank you, Lisa. Yes, definitely. Thank you very much, Lisa. Um, but I think that wraps it up for tonight. So, I mean, we, we talked about a lot tonight. We talked about our hatred for Nicole Arbor. We talked mm -hmm. about our love for Terry Crews. Mm -hmm. And we talked to Lisa Valerie Morgan in a fantastic interview. What a great night. Fantastic. You know, I hope that this, inter this night, you know, with all mm -hmm. of its ups and downs, starts your week off fantastically. You know, I, I really do. So I hope that every single one of y'all that have listened today, or tomorrow, whatever, you know, enjoy the rest of your week and just continue to, you know, live your best life. I know I feel better already. I know so. me too. Yeah. So is there Maybe any parting words that you have tonight, Kat? End the stigma before the stigma ends you. I, you stole my line. <laughs> <laughs> Break Intentionally. The, yeah, I know. <laughs> Break the stigma before the stigma breaks you. Bottom oh, there line. you go. Sorry, yeah. that See, one. You, you, you stole it from me, but you didn't get it right, so I can still. And I messed it up. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> but either way, from myself and from Kat, um, yep. we bid you guys adieu. We will mm -hmm. talk at you guys on Wednesday. And until then, keep it heavy, keep it safe, keep it fresh. Oh, wait. What? Who are we talking to on Wednesday? Tell oh. them. Oh, that's right. I completely forgot. So Wednesday, we actually have comedian and podcaster who hosts the, um, I can't even think of the name of it right now. The, uh, you better go find it. Oh, the dogma debate. I'm sorry. <laughs> My mind went blank because we've had so much going on today. Um, he uh -huh. hosts the I dogma okay. debate on his podcast and he's mm -hmm. also a, a comedian that's, uh, you know, hosted and, uh, headlined the laugh factory and the comedy store fantastic guy by the name of David C. Smalley. So we got him coming up on Wednesday. And then on Friday, we have actress, comedian, and model Eugenia Kuzmina coming on as well. So we got a busy week ahead of us. We do. Yep. So it's join good. us Wednesday for David C. Smalley. And then join us Friday 
for Eugenia. So until then, let's try this again. <laughs> keep it heavy, keep it safe, you know, wear your masks, uh, stay indoors, and wash your, hands. Uh, wash your hands. And when you feel sick, say something. Um, that's mentally and physically. So until Wednesday, we bid you guys adieu, and we will talk at you later. Have a great night, guys. Peace.